The Sun Devils had a tough time on Corvallis, but it's a new week and their hate for their in-state rivals will be plenty of motivation to close out the season on a strong note. We're breaking it all down on today's episode of Locked On Pac-12 Podcast. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Pac-12 Podcast. Thanks for tuning in and making this your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. I'm your host, Cindy Robinson, former Pac-12 student athlete and current social media specialist for ESPN. Um, Joining me today is Richie Bradshaw from Locked On Sun Devils. And Richie, I wish it was under better circumstances, considering that you have been lucky to join us after wins from the ASU Sun Devils. And this is your first loss that you have to talk about. Connor usually gets the losses, so seems like you guys have switched up. Don't know who broke the curse, but uh, welcome to the show, and let's talk about this L that you guys took this past weekend in Corvallis. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I think Oregon State was the people who broke that broke that <laughs> curse for us because, I mean, we've been telling you all year that that yes. was the game. Yes, yes. It, I will I will say you let me know early on that uh, heading to Corvallis is one of the kryptonites for the Sun Devils and proven to be correct again this season. Uh, I will say this season, it was probably a little more obvious in a sense that Oregon State would be a more difficult opponent, not necessarily in the past. In the past, it just seems like you guys didn't travel well, um, play on the road well. But um, this season, Oregon State has been putting up a way better game against Pac-12 opponents, started to fall off a little bit, but still a team that is very competitive and one that is difficult to face. So to be fair, it wasn't all the curse of playing in Corvallis as much as they're a good team this season. Oh, they definitely are. I definitely don't want to short them or slight them in any sense by that. I mean, mean, they got a great run game and very opportunistic offense and defense. So good, good team. We ran into a good team and lost to a good team. Yeah. For you, I want to just start off because like one thing we've been discussing in the last few weeks is the struggles of Jaden Daniels. And I want to know for, from your point of view, do you feel like that was again, another factor going into this matchup? I do. It just Jaden continues to make poor decisions and he now has more interceptions and touchdowns on the year. He has nine interceptions to eight touchdown passes. And it it just feels like a totally different player than what we're used to seeing that this first two years in the league or in, in a, in ASU, I should say he had three career interceptions. He has nine this year and yeah. his decision-making has just seemingly gone out the window. His throws aren't, aren't nearly as crisp and clean as they used to be. And maybe it's because he's not familiar with a lot of his weapons, but there's also just so many mechanical issues that he's been having with the, with the way that he's throwing the football and, that continued again, and this time the offense as a whole got slowed down considerably. Right. I mean, he was able to run around with the football a little bit, but 
again, I just I, at this point I feel like Jaden is holding the offense back a little bit. We need to figure out what the plan is with him moving forward because right now he is being more of a hindrance than he is being someone you can win football games with. Yeah, and to be fair, um, you know, the passing game wasn't the only issue. Usually we're raving about ASU's run game, and that was slowed up this game. I would say Oregon State pretty much stopped the run game. We are used to seeing Rashad White scoring. We're used to seeing Trip Chainham scoring, and he did score a touchdown, but it was the lone touchdown of the game. Um, Rashad White was held to just 15 carries and 39 yards. Uh, same with Trip Chainham, only four carries and 12 yards. So what was the factor there that kept the run game from really exploding like they normally do? I think Oregon State just knew what their assignment was and they stuck to what they knew they were going to be able to do best. Mm -hmm. And ASU felt like they kind of got off their rhythm and abandoned what they do best when they got down early is they started throwing the ball a little bit more than I would have liked them to. And it just... You, you got to stick with your strengths, especially when you have a guy like Rashad White in that backfield. You need to make yeah. sure that you're you're spoon feeding him the ball. And it felt like they weren't they weren't doing that as much. And I mean, they did get him involved in the passing game. He did have six grabs and he he got his yards, but yeah. it what it, it felt more like stat padding than it did him getting those yards to make a difference in the game. And that's not a knock on Rashad. That's a knock on the offense, not making sure that they got him involved as much as possible. So I think they just got away from what they do best. And ultimately that that's going to lose your games nine out of 10 times. And yep. that was the case on Saturday. Yeah. And it seems like it wasn't just an offensive issue defense. They did their part on stopping the pass game, which is the one thing that I don't know if that's the one thing they needed Oregon state to lean towards. They really needed to stop that run game. And it seems like BJ Baylor was still able to get, um, 150 yards for 20 carries, which is huge because I'm sure he's setting up the, you know, drives to be in the red zone and touch and getting touchdowns. So what went wrong with the run defense? Oh goodness. Um, <laughs> there was a lot, there was bad angles. Uh, some of our defensive linemen seemed like they were banged up or just mm -hmm. not ready to go entirely. And yeah. BJ Baylor, isn't leading the Pac-12 in rushing yards by accident. I yeah, mean, that not guy, for nothing. Not for nothing at all. Yeah, that guy's really, really good. And we knew he was going to get his yards, and unfortunately he got more than we were we were willing to give up to him. But I, I don't feel bad about B.J. Baylor killing us. I feel bad about Jack Coletto coming in on fourth downs and yeah. short when you knew what they were going to do and he still got his yards, yeah. especially when he had that 47-yard, like, gazelle little gallop down the field and he just walked into the end zone and it was like fourth and one or fourth and two and you're sitting there and you're like you know what they're gonna do right so, they're bringing in come on it's like an obvious situation at that point yeah exactly it reminded me uh years ago when uh oklahoma had blake bell at quarterback to go with landry jones and when blake bell came in on uh on uh, goal line situations in the inside the fives teams still couldn't stop him he just yeah. the belldozer is what they called him the belldozer i'm done oh wow that's okay, what it felt well, like with coletto yeah it happened well that game is behind you now uh moving forward one game left of the uh, conference season and we will be talking about that big matchup that we've all been waiting for um but for all you business owners I have a scenario for you. Imagine this. This is it. 
the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial, uh, financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Head to net, netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Again, that's netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. For all my college football fanatics, if you haven't heard of Prize Picks, this is your time to listen up. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. They're the leader in college sports daily fantasy, and they offer more college football props than anyone in the world. They also offer all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players that you might have never even heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of the users that deposit and use the promo code will, re will receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So just be sure to use the promo code Locked On. You pick two to five players and an over and under on their projections, and then you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. Price Picks allows mixed sports entries, so you can take the over on LeBron and combine it with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out PrizePix.com and use promo code LOCKEDON or go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Now, shout out to you listeners for making Locked On Pack 12 Podcast your first listen of the day. It is free and available on all platforms. Okay, Richie, it is hate week. The sole, um, I'll say probably the like the sole exciting, the like, most exciting week of the year when it comes to college football. Um, and I feel the same way because my rivalry is this week as well. So rivalry week brings out the, the hate like no other for that in-state rival and for you, that is the Arizona Wildcats. We will be talking to Michael Luke this week, too, about, um, you know, the Wildcats preparing for the Sun Devils. But I'm talking to you from I want to get the Sun Devils perspective. You guys are coming off a not terrible season. OK, we'll say that you've, you've had some really strong games, um, some really great moments amongst the team. And then not to mention the memorable game from last season against the Wildcats. What was it again? 70, 70 to 7. Yeah, the craziest. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, this is a year that the Wildcats still have been struggling, only got one win under their belt, but 
they have been playing really well against their opponents. Even though they've been losing and not really closing out games, we've seen some great stuff from them. So going into this matchup, they're already looking for a redemption from last season. You know, they're, they got to, they already talked about it at uh, Pac-12 Media Day. It was not happening this season. They're not going out like they did last season. For you, I would say Arizona State has a little more incentive to go even harder because of the loss against Oregon State, loss against Utah, you know, loss against Washington State. Um, so what do you think the mindset is of the Sun Devils going into this matchup? Well, it's going to be no different than recent years where or recent years than every year where you go into it and you're like, we hate this team. We want to we want to crush them. We want to humiliate them anything and everything in between. But there's even more emphasis this year because you've been you've been embarrassed a few different times when this was supposed to be your year and there's no better way to take out all your aggression, all your frustration and all your shortcomings than against your in-state rival and a, and a team that you just hate everything about them. Like there's some rivalries where it's like there's a mutual respect between each other, but when when it comes to these two teams, there's just nothing but ill will and hatred towards each other. And I I love the tenacity that we end up seeing on the field for 60 minutes plus because I mean these guys are going at it in between yeah. plays. They're talking smack all week. We call it hate week for a reason. <laughs> There's no love here, clearly. No None. love at all. Um and then to top things off, it's at home for ASU. So on their home turf, I don't see them wanting uh Arizona coming in and beating them at home to finish out the season. This game is a perfect way for ASU to bounce back from, you know, the last few games that they've dealt with some struggles and to close out their season before getting ready for bowl championships and stuff. Mind you, though, Arizona's not playing for any bowl game eligibility. This is their last game of the season, I think. Yes. Yes, last game of their season. Had to make sure because, you know, I think – USC and Cal still have to make up their games. I had to make sure there was no extra games for um, Arizona to make up. But um, last game of their season. So they're going to leave it all on the field. And at this point, they've been waiting to see ASU all year long. Yes. And I mean, so it's so funny because there there was a part of me that was hoping they could pull out a win before they came and played us in Tempe this year. Because if they had walked into this week, and they were that ends up being a 0 and 11 coming into this game. There'd be even more emphasis for them to say, "Let's knock off Arizona State, our in-state rivals in Tempe, and embarrass them." It also would have been another thing if, like, if the stars had aligned and we were one one away from a Pac-12 South title, and U of A was winless. Then oh. you go into that game and you're like, "This is the definition of a trap game." Yeah, for but, sure. But nonetheless, I mean, U of A was able to get one win this year. They upset Cal, and ASU didn't live up to the expectations that they had. But either way, U of A would love to play the part of we're gonna we're gonna really emphasize that Arizona State was a big letdown this year, and to do that, we're gonna take them down on the road after a, a humiliating seventy to seven loss last year. So. There, there's a lot uh, there's a lot on the line for U of A in terms of pride. They definitely are coming into this game. It, it just throw out the record books, truly. Yeah. Like these two teams are just gonna go at it for 60 minutes and 
I am not anticipating another 70 to seven game. In fact, I think I saw the line is at 20 and a half for Arizona state. And because Arizona state never covers the spread, I think I would take U of A to cover that. Okay. Okay. So here's the thing. Um, At this point, you know, it is a pride thing, like you said, but I think it's a pride thing on both sides. I think they're both teams have something to fight for um, and have something to defend. So how gritty do you feel like this game is going to be from start to finish and everything in between? (laughs) Extremely. I think that U of A is going to kick and scream until the end of this game. No, no matter if Arizona State ends up winning this game forty to nothing, like it just it it's going to be one of those games where like U of A is not going to go away. They're going to be mean. They're going to be nasty. They're going to be ferocious, and it just it it won't matter to me what the score is because I'm still going to sit there and I'm going to be like, man, looks like U of A came to play. Yeah, unless they don't. But I I have a feeling that they will. There, you know, since that seventy to seven loss, it's been circled on their calendar yeah. for a whole year. Yeah, it, it's circled every year already. But now there's even more emphasis. They're like, we are going to avenge ourselves, and we're going to do it in the valley. We're going to yeah. take these guys down. Do you have any big plans of where you're watching the game? Are you hanging out with anybody? Like, what's the plan? I will be hanging out with my family and specifically my grandmother. Okay. who is diehard Arizona State. She has taken the U of A fight song, the fight on Arizona, and turned it into a negative where it's like fall down, Arizona, fall oh down, black and blue. I love yep. it. I love so it. So I'll be hanging out with her, and we'll be singing that song at the top of our lungs. Okay, Grandma, I love it. That's the best. I'll be with my grandma as well this weekend for Thanksgiving. And, yes, she is – She's not as into football as she is basketball, which we'll be getting into next. So that's more of her sport. We'll be watching some basketball games, I'm sure, this weekend. Um, But for those of you that, you know, are interested in betting on some games, it's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means, football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. So head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on. Uh, and it's not just football. Bet online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, so we mentioned college hoops. 
And this is the time. It is back. Uh, we're here in the mix. NBA has been going now. You know, they've been playing some games for a while now. And College Hoops is probably one of my favorites to tune into, especially when we get into March, because March Madness is crazy. Um, but Pac-12 Hoops is so exciting. There's so many great teams and so many teams to actually, like, you know, cheer on for. If you're not a specific fan of one team, there's a lot of good teams in the Pac-12 to root for. ASU has already kicked off their season uh, with four games so far, and they're two and two currently. They did lose to San Diego State since the last time we talked to Connor. And I do know that Connor was mentioning a little, talked a little bit about the struggles that, you know, he was already seeing for ASU. And um, it kind of seems like that game was close versus San Diego State. They lost 63 to 65. Uh, can't really get too much closer than that, maybe one point. But, um, I want to talk with you about who your stars are and who like people should be looking out for, but then also what are some things that ASU needs to work on before we start getting into conference play on Wednesday, they play Baylor who is number six already in the uh, AP polls. And then they start conference play next week. So what are some major changes, adjustments that you see that needs to be made with this basketball team? It starts with not playing hero ball because it, it feels like the 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 saying of live and die by the three has become the mantra of this team and we're not making threes. We shot 21% of our of our three-point attempts against against uh the Aztecs, and it's not like this was a strength going into the game. I, I, alone, Marion Jackson was two of twelve on three-point shooting. So the Sun Devils need to start taking what's given to them and playing more inside the paint than they are trying to shoot it from way downtown because I understand the three-point shooting is exciting and it's it just it gets everyone really involved in the game. I understand that. But you cannot continue to try and force a square peg into a round hole. They need to start taking what's given to them. So that's the first big thing. <clears throat> Excuse me is taking what the defense gives you. They have done a pretty good job at limiting turnovers as each game has progressed. The penalties mm -hmm. are reasonable. You could still cut them down a little bit. They haven't had very, very many technical fouls this year. So that's that's another really good sign. Um, for, for our players, we're waiting for Marcus Bagley to get back from injury. When he returns, he's one of your star players alongside uh, the aforementioned Marion Jackson and Kamani Lawrence. Those three are more than good enough to keep Arizona State competitive in the Pac-12. And, I mean, Cindy, we could easily be four, four now. Yeah. Uh -huh. you, ha you have that unbelievable, almost full-court shot against UC Riverside that loses you the game. And, I mean, that, that was March Madness all the way in November. Like, it yeah. just – you. 99 out of a hundred times you don't make that shot. If that it's like a one in a million kind of thing. So you could be three and one. And then if you take away even, even like a quarter of these three, uh, three point shots that they were attempting against the Aztecs and turn them into two point shots, you make one of those. It's a tie game at 65, 65. Yeah. You make two of them, you win the game. So, I mean, you could easily be four and zero right now, but, but yeah. the, the fact is you're not. So, 
It just it, it is what it is. Yeah, it seems like minor adjustments that need to be made because both the losses were within two points. Uh, the one against Riverside, like you said, it was a one point loss. Last minute buzzer beater. You can't really like write that up. You know, it is what it is. Yes. Um, and the same thing with the Arizona. I mean, with, with the Sun Devils versus San Diego State two point game. So at this point, it's not anything to panic about. Right. Those are, again, with minor adjustments can easily be changed and you'll see a shift with this team. But it is knowing your weaknesses and knowing your strength. And so, like you said, if three pointers aren't falling for you, back off of those. Find your way into the paint. Uh, find your way to make some plays off of fast breaks and capitalize off of those, because I think that that can put together a complete game. Um, I think it's fair to say that you have a few good players to where it's a matter of everybody showing up and contributing and not just relying on one star player, which there's a lot of teams that will rely on just one star player. Cause that's all they have. You know, I think that you guys um, have a team where it's going to be a collective effort every game and that's, what's going to help them win. hundred percent. So it just, it comes down to making sure that you're, you're just capitalizing on opportunities that presented to you and not trying to force things. So it, if I could put extra emphasis on the three-point shooting, I will because okay. it it gets frustrating. You're not Steph Curry, and you don't need to be Steph Curry. You just need to be taking your points where they're given to you because yeah. you could you could easily take control of these games, but it just feels like you're trying to go for the highlight play or you're trying to really make a name for yourself early on. And if you just are winning games consistently and making points, then you are going to have people learn your name. You don't need to be the person who's getting on Sports Center for these ridiculous three-point shots. Just fair. take what's given to you. That is fair. Also, remember, you know, dunks get attention too. Get in there. Get yes, hundred percent. Okay. That, that is what I think. We love to see those more than we do three-pointers. To be quite honest, I'm just saying. So, um, okay. Well, the Sun Devils are back in action. Thanksgiving Eve, uh, Wednesday, November twenty-fourth. They will be playing Baylor. Uh, Baylor's number six, like I said, on the AP polls right now. So this will be a huge test for them. They could walk away with a win here or even getting within close of, you know, the, keeping the game close. It'll be, I think, a positive for them moving forward into conference play. So before Thanksgiving, have a seat with your family while the food is, you know, if your family has already started cooking. My family cooks on starts cooking Wednesday. Actually, my grandma might actually be doing some stuff today. I'm not even going to lie to you. Um, but either way, enjoy some Sun Devil basketball. Then enjoy your Thanksgiving meal and get ready for the hate week game on Saturday. Richie, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm going to wish you the best of luck this week, okay? Um, I don't know who that – look, I, I'm not going to put the curse on anybody. I don't know if it's whoever comes on the show after the loss or whoever comes on the show before don't a loss. Dare. Don't you but, dare. <laughs> but I hope and I don't know. I don't know who I'm rooting for in this. I think I just want to see a good game. I will there you go. Um, That's fair. Yeah, I'm going to be fair because, you know, I love Michael Luke, but I love you guys too. So I can't choose sides. Whoever wins, I'm sure will be more than deserving. And you guys have to, you know, figure it out between you two. Uh, you probably should make a bet with Michael Luke. It would be nice, but I don't know if he'll take it because he hasn't had much faith in his Wildcats this season. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll avoid any easy insults right there. No, oh, okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. 
All right. Um, thank you for making Locked On Pac-12 Podcast your first listen of the day. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe on YouTube, and then follow along on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow Locked On Sun Devils um, through the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast to keep up with everything going on with Sun Devil Athletics. Uh, Richie, uh, you can follow Richie on Twitter at Richie Brads with a Z. 36. You can follow Locked On Sun Devils on Twitter at LO underscore Sun Devils, Locked On Pac 12 at LO underscore Pac 12, and then me at underscore Cindy Robinson. Other than that, make sure you make one of your second listens of the day the other conference shows. There's Locked On SEC, Locked On ACC, and Locked On Big 12, all hosted by great experts, and they're bringing you everything you need to know about those conferences. So, until then, happy thanks. Well, I won't say happy Thanksgiving this year, but happy Thanksgiving week because we'll be we have a few more shows this week. Happy Thanksgiving week. Um, enjoy the time with your family and make sure you stay locked on Pac 12 on the Locked On Network.